So it's Freestyle Friday. You know what it means. It means we've got the best bets here going into the weekend. More importantly, the best games from the ACC pit. And what is that, Tennessee? We're looking real good over here. We also got some other conference games we have circled on the map. Jersey Drake is in the building. Freestyle Friday, make it do what it do. I hope you guys are ready for a good one, because it will be. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody welcome to today's edition of locked on acc i'm your host candace Cooper. thanks so much for joining me today we've got a lot to go over on today's show because there's so many good games here in week two for the acc that we're back on the horse 11 and 4 we started out now we're going to keep rolling here maybe we'll have an undefeated beyond the one conference games that we have to have we'll be undefeated here in our conference i'm excited to see what can go down we start out friday with a really good game and then we roll from there we got jersey drake from locked on seminoles in the building and of course he has the best bets and picks to give to y'all so it's good to go jersey drake how are you feeling on this freestyle friday uh, you know, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but what's not under the weather was our picks last week. Folks, if you followed all of our bets from last Friday, y'all made some damn money, and I got my Majin Boo hoodie on. We're going to be about to be on demon time with these picks, unless it makes more damn money this week in Kansas. Period. Pooh, were you in New Orleans? Maybe that's why you're sick. No, I was okay. not in New Orleans, okay. actually. I was, I, was, I was going to plan on going to New Orleans, but, uh, you know, some financial you know, stuff happened a month and a half ago. I, that was a little more important to me, honestly. Kansas knows what's up. <laughs> I'm engaged, folks. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Listen, it's all right. I, I pick engagement rings over freaking what you call it trips to New Orleans any day of the week. You know, I actually do want to do my bachelorette party in New Orleans, though. So that's an aside. We don't have to go there. Ooh, but. Hit up Ross. I mean, well, you, you also you, yeah. you know New Orleans too. Come on, you know you know yeah. you know how, how course, to get down there. Course. Come on. Long time ago, it feels like, but really, I'm excited for this weekend because week two is here. A lot of teams are trying to put last week behind them whether they won or not it was a lot of play that you're like okay it's week one don't get too crazy but there's a lot of room for improvement we're gonna start off friday night here on the friday night lights with louisville and ucf louisville coming off a brutal loss to syracuse their defense didn't know what to do their offense didn't didn't know what to do either lee cunningham got shut out by the dominant syracuse because i want to make sure i say that because syracuse fans gonna be up my tail if i don't dominant performance by Syracuse defense. Louisville is looking to bounce back. And what better way to do it than with the University of Central Florida? But it's going to be tough. Jersey Drake, what we got? Listen, the UCF that people kind of remember from, I guess, back when they were growing up, very, you know, mediocre team. I think they were, what, seven years ago? They were 0-13. I would know because my brother was a freshman at UCF at the time. This is a little more akin to your Mackenzie Mill and UCF. Not saying they're gonna go undefeated and be have a fake national championship, but overall they do have a mean quarterback in it. In what James Coleman of FSU fame calls the three name pilgrim, and that is John Rice Plummet, the quarterback. They've already gone up against uh, Garrett Schrader, who is a dynamic runner with his legs and also case with his feet too as well. John Rice Plummet, for those that forget, was the Ole Miss QB that ran for almost 200 plus rushing yards against LSU in their national championship season. And Louisville's defense, as Kansas said all week, we've never talked about how bad their defense is. And we didn't even mention their defense. Yeah. To me, with this game, it's going to come down to basically if that defense is able to hold up or save show it's a fluke. To me personally, I've already sold all my Louisville stock because also y'all know how no I feel about Scott Satterfield. He, <laughs> him and Jeff Collins are going to be in a race right now for worst coach in our entire conference. So here, I'm going UCF minus five and a half. I took him at minus six and a half at open. Minus five and a half is going to keep coming down because people think Louisville's going to do be better because – 
Malik Cunningham still the quarterback, but to me, UCF is going to come away with a W here and a convincing W at the bounce house. And you know what's crazy? We literally were talking about Louisville potentially being a dark horse because of how much confidence we have in Malik Cunningham and, you know, Keetro Clark and all the guys on offense. And we're talking about the hype around Satterfield being able to bring in guys with all the flashy cars and what have you, but clearly those aren't the ones on the field. He got one of the best running backs in the country, but that's not until next season. Like, what we are trying to figure out now is will you be here long enough to see the fruits of your recruiting labor? And it doesn't feel good right now. Doesn't O2 start is not helping your case. No, and then also they play Florida State next week because Florida State has a bye currently. So it's like you can't look ahead to the ACC games. You have to actually have to take care of business right now. And to me, Scott Satterfield hasn't shown shown up basically an ability to basically be able to plan well. And like if you are one of those, you know, five star recruits, I think uh, Louisville has like a top fifteen recruiting class per two four seven and on three. So, like, do you ask yourself the question, like, am I really going to make the decision to go to Louisville for the bag? Or am I actually going to, you know, take my talents to other schools that basically are competing with them and also have higher staffs in college football? A hundred percent. Aren't they like, what are they, the Papa John Center? What's their stadium called? I think the Yum Center, I think the it is, Kentucky right? Kentucky Fried Chicken. One of them. Either way it goes. They need to it's Something need with to food, eat. man. <laughs> We're hoping that they eat this weekend, but it's going to be crazy. Next up, we got Saturday. We start out at noon with Miami and Southern Miss. We think it's going to be a great one for Miami. Another easy dub, one that we don't have to worry about. And that's that feels good for Miami that we don't have to worry, right? Yeah, TVD is the real deal. And the one yeah. question that we actually had coming into the season where I mainly had when some Canes fans, too, you look at the comments, who's throwing the ball to? And, I mean, Xavier Estrepo, you know, came out, had, I think, five catches for 100-plus yards. TVD, I don't think it matters who's throwing the ball to as long as they can get some separation. They beat up on Bethune-Cookman, who I know is Bethune-Cookman. I know... Listen, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but you when you put up 70 points like you're supposed to in the first-year system under offense, TVD is the real deal. That defense, though, still some question marks, but like yeah. we'll see how they kind of run the form later on in the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Wake Forest and Vanderbilt, one of the big games, as we know, when we talk about SEC competition, everyone says, oh, well, SEC, even the ones that are on the bottom are still better than schools from our conference. And I'm here to tell you, I think that Wake Forest is going to take care of business because they have the return of Sam Hartman. But is it too soon to bring Sam back? Should we wait? Is Vanderbilt enough? Do we feel like Wake Forest could take care of Vanderbilt without Sam? Now, I have a doctor in law, but I'm not a doctor of any medical thing or any health whatsoever. So then whenever they, when it came out with a blood clots thing in his shoulder, I forgot the yeah. name of the syndrome. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. To me personally, I think Mitch Griffith showed you enough against VMI that he can basically hold down the fort until he fully comes back. I would have waited to put Sam back on the field until maybe October. Yeah. Honestly, the FSU game probably would have been the best time to actually put him back into real legitimate action. But to me, this is a Vanderbilt game team that also is somewhat dangerous. I mean, they put up 65 against Hawaii. They already have yeah. two wins. They already matched the win totals from a season ago. So maybe they just want to make sure that actually Wake Forest is able to capitalize on the slower ones heading into the ACC play. And to me, this is an easy overplay for me here. Over, I think right now is at 65. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored because if Sam Harmon is back in control of the wheel, that high-flying offense of Wake Forest is something fun to watch. If anything, I want to see the defense for Wake Forest step up and match the energy if we're assuming that Sam is going to have a great game. We've been talking about that all last year, that they couldn't play at the same level. So I'm hoping to see everyone shut down, you know, shut down Vanderbilt. Don't let them have a high-flying offense throughout the day. And that will let me know, okay, Wake is trying to turn in the right direction with their new defensive coordinator. All right, before we go and talk a little bit about more betting, Duke and Northwestern, all the apology tours, I'm ready. Riley Leonard said over 300 yards, I got you. I'm going to make sure that defense Shaka and Dwayne and all the guys are ready to go, and they've showed that they can do it. Duke football is here, people. We're ready for that 2-0 start. I'm ready. 
Juicy Drake, I'm ready. Yeah, um, I'm going to be giving you probably as the season goes along a better apology. Uh, I'm going to slow down a little because I also am having I have a bet with you too as well on this, so I might actually do go zero and three when it comes to betting against you. But overall, like the Duke defense, I know is Temple. Temple has a strong case for being the worst team in the Power Five aside UMass and UConn. But mm-hmm. Duke, but a shutout in power and college football is still a shutout. So yeah. Mike Elko is ever bringing that tenacity from basically his previous days over at Texas A&M and previously from Wake Forest to Duke. And then Riley Leonard, that, that kid's nice, man. That kid's fun yeah. to watch. That kid leads a dynamic offense. And we kind of were worried about how would they feel the feel, fill the offensive, you know, production of Mateo Durant when he left for the NFL. I think Riley Leonard's like, hey, we have a quarterback now. So maybe actually yeah. shoulder most of that load too. So Yeah. And actually seeing Jordan Moore, who was, you know, the quarterback number two, really be able to be a playmaker and sort of be like that gadget Taysom Hill type player mm-hmm. for the Blue Devils has been a nice addition. And listen, at the end of the day, the road to six snow is going to be hard, but I think they could do it. I'm just saying. I'm just... I think they can do it too. And that's why I'm taking Duke plus 10 here. I'm also probably taking Duke the under 57. And don't be surprised, if, folks, if Duke wins the Nord Bowl once again against Northwestern. <laughs> I'm not the nerd bull. All right, North Carolina and Georgia State before I want to switch gears. I got to get this out of the way. Listen, North Carolina, I feel like it won't be hard. You travel to Atlanta, handle your business. It ain't like you're playing Georgia Tech, which we all know last season, that was incredibly difficult for y'all. Y'all got punched in the freaking mouth. Georgia Tech was up 45 against y'all last season. If you can't handle Georgia State, the way App State kind of shook y'all, I'm going to be upset. Let's defense. I'm ready for that game. I'm ready for the breakout game. I'm ready for all the talk that you said you were embarrassed last year and you're trying to get it right this season. I'm ready to see it. I'm, I see some flashes, but I want to see a full game. Shut it down. There's no – if you put up – if you have the opposite team put up 40 points in a quarter, my Lord, in the fourth quarter at that. Georgia State probably could have been or maybe should have been South Carolina last week. I think you're, you don't want to look too lightly of this team. Actually, it's a very decent Sunbelt team. And I'm not looking lightly at all. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm, talk, I'm not talking. I'm talking to the oh, defensive okay. coordinator, Gene, Gene. Gene, you don't have an Auburn defense anymore. You need to actually excel and put your players in the position to actually succeed. We haven't seen that for two straight weeks. Like, to me, you have a dynamic offense with Drake May. Drake May. Quite honestly, so far, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better career than Sam Howell. I'm saying that right now, two games in, super, super Ooh. early. But, okay. with jo- but, jo- but the defense needs to pick up the pace, and that's why, personally, I'm going to ride the overs for UNC for the rest of the year until they prove me they can stop a damn nosebleed. So give me the UNC-Georgia State over at 64 and a half. Love that. And shout out to Drake Powell, another Drake fan in the building who actually committed to UNC. So Drake Powell for basketball, Drake May for football. We're just living Drake country over here. Like, don't even worry about us. We'd be good. But we are have more games to cover, and we are going to do that with our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net, number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs for sports this season. It is your continued source for sports wagering, live betting, esports scores, and more. The fastest and easiest way to check on all of the events happening right now. MLB is getting ready for that October playoff time. You got MMA, you've got boxing, golf, all of the like. Head to the website or use your mobile device, betonline.net, to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're rocking and rolling here with Jersey Drake of Locked on Seminoles podcast. And we are talking about the best games, best bets of week two. Furman and Clemson. Clemson who had a little rough, rough go at the first. You know, the, the score did not indicate what kind of shift that game was. But the Tigers are looking to bounce back, get an easy dub. Don't think this will be a problem. But what do we need to see from the Tigers this game? I need to see Big Cinco, actually, or no, the R is formerly known as Big Cinco. Now, Slim Cinco kind of has to be in control from the start and the beginning to start because yeah. I thought he actually looked better than last year, which kind of stroke. That's scary. That, 
That is scary because he did not look particularly that well last year. Now, he started off really slowly. I think, what was it, 14-3 at half, and then Georgia Tech scores an immediate touchdown, 14-10. Then you saw DJ kind of you know be a little more comfortable and kind of be let down a little bit by the weapons on the outside of, like, with the wide receivers. They're not particularly that great. You still have Will Shipley, though, in the backfield. But to me, I need to see DJ continue to look comfortable and actually being able to basically see Look, like looking as if he's having fun playing football again because yeah. Kate Klubnik came in and Kate Klubnik looked really damn good, albeit it was against a bunch of backups. Kate is waiting there in the wings, and this is starting to become more and more of a Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence situation. Whereas I would not be surprised if this move is made before the end of the month if it keeps going like this. Because his Cade's outing was pretty incredible. I ain't gonna lie, I was like, that boy was marching, marching down that field. With oh, it was natural. <laughs> the way that DJ was stuttering, I was like, okay, this is maybe it's more to this than people have, you know, try to tell you, whatever, what have you. But I'm hoping that DJ can just have that confidence at ease, like you said, and truly just ride the tide of being QB1. Like, we, I want to see the Notre Dame Clemson matchup DJU. Like, I want to see that guy. I want to see the guy who put the team we on all his do. back. <laughs> maybe he just needs to feel more under pressure. Like, who, I don't know what it is. Like, what the confidence needs to be. Like, he puts in the work. It ain't going to lack like the boy ain't trying to try. Like, I, whatever's up here needs to get right. So, Well, let's also not, like, you know, also, like, the wide receivers aren't typically that great. They're not the same old wide receivers at Clemson. They've always had, like, a big name, like a Sammy Watkins, whether it be a Justin Ross or even, like, Jordan Leggett back in the day. And then also, the offensive line isn't that great either. Like, if we're being completely honest here, too, like, it's kind of hurts your QB, uh, the, the inner clock you have for as a quarterback if you don't think you have enough time. So everything starts getting rushed and you don't look comfortable out there. So this is going to be interesting when actually they start facing good defensive lines. Like I want to see how Clemson, how DJU is able to face off against the NC State or even a Florida State, who basically those are your two top defensive lines you're going to go up against. And then also you have the Miami game too. Like you need to kind of get this stuff right now. <laughs> Stop waiting. All right. Best game of the weekend arguably will be Tennessee and Pitt. Two top 25 ranked teams starting at 330 on ABC. Must see TV. SEC versus ACC. Pitt now. We had a great backyard brawl. We survived. But this Tennessee team is different. I ain't gonna hold nobody. Hendon Hooker should be at Virginia Tech right now. They didn't do right by that man. And he has been on a revenge tour ever freaking since. And I'm just here to say, I ain't, I ain't rooting for the Vols because I'm an ACC homer, but I ain't going to be mad. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, do you think Brent Pryor looks at, at looks at like his former staff and athletic directors like, how the hell did you let Hendon Hooker leave this place? Because, I mean, listen, like Fuente, Fuente knew as soon as he made that Burmeister QB1, Hendon Hooker is QB2, he knew he messed up. He had to know. It, it, was, it was downhill ever since. Burmeister over Hendon Hooker. But, you know, sometimes you just need to go to a different place. Sometimes you need a different coach who actually believes in you and you need a different system, change of pace. It is what it is. Can't look back. But he has been on a vengeance ever since. He's he's reminding everybody why, you know, he always should have been QB1. That's for sure. This is not legal advice, but as the attorney for if I was working at Virginia Tech, I would find a way to fire him for cause, and that for cause would be letting Hendon Hooker leave and go to Tennessee. Because <laughs> that guy is a dynamo. That guy is a dark yeah. horse for the Heisman. I think basically the love of the game from Billy Cunningham, I think should be respectfully going also to Hendon Hooker. Now, this game, to me, it's going to come down to Keaton Slovis. Now, you talked about it last week when we were on Friday, that oh, he Lord. just didn't look all too Great. He looked really rough. It wasn't polished. Like, I know it's a new system. I know it's a new way of attacking things. And I know Mark Whipple is gone. So, to me, this is a game that, as the AC show, I want to pick Pitt here. 
but you I do. To, think, but you can't. I you can't. Want to, I, got, but you can't. I can't. I got to go with Tennessee. If y'all want to make some money, we just got to be real with ourselves. Yeah. So, folks, right now, Tennessee, I think, is minus five. Take Tennessee minus five. But I will say this I think Pitt's defense will show up and show out. That's a very still dangerous defense. That's part of Narduzzi's bread and butter. So, take the under at 67 points. Yeah, I'm wondering how De- uh, Deslin Alexander, what the status is of his wrists. And then Devonshire certainly stepped up in big ways during that game, and he'll have to step up again. But you are absolutely right. I think that defense is going to have to have a lights-out game. But Keaton, my lord, like, we're going to have all T's and P's, thoughts and prayers, because my boy, he just looked ter- he looked terrible. And I'm just like, I-, I see why you transfer a couple times, but I'm hoping this work out, because I don't know who's behind you. But he's getting himself Nick Paddywhack. Nick, he getting warmed up. Cool. Nick Paddywhack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. You're welcome. Virginia and Illinois. Another great matchup we have going on here. The Virginia Cavaliers, the Wahoo Waz, are trying to get that 2-0 start with Brennan Armstrong. They had a good showing against Richmond, but now we want to keep the ball rolling. Illinois is also a great school to get a good dub from because, of course, where they sit in their respective conference. And just to me, you want to have Virginia keeping that momentum going as they're trying to you know, state their claim in that coastal. I completely agree with it. And I think also that this is a game where, you know who's the quarterback for Illinois right now, Candace? Tommy DeVito? It is Tommy DeVito, <laughs> a.k.a. the long-lost brother of famous actor Danny DeVito and also the former Syracuse quarterback who quite frankly I don't know how you're not able to excel in Dino Baber system that's kind of tailored geared towards you and also with your legs and your mobility to me with this I think Tony Elliott showed that why he was waiting for the right job at the right time because he's able to go to your Virginia with the right QB I've been saying that Brandon Armstrong is the second best quarterback in this conference and me personally I don't understand why Virginia is a plus four underdog it kind of smells fishy to me it smells funny to me I'm going with my gut here. I think Virginia wins this game outright. Ooh. I think Virginia actually beats up on a very gross and very poor Illinois team who, like, quite frankly, got very lucky week one. So, yeah. to me, UVA plus four, and then put the money line down, sprinkle on there, UVA plus 160. We love a little sprinkle of some cash. All right, cool. We got three games left to go over here with Jersey Drake of Locked on Seminoles podcast. We are talking about all the best bets. Talking about the best games of the weekend. And, of course, we automatically knew Syracuse with the dominant performance. going to head to UConn and make it do what it do on CBS Sports at 7 p.m. We just know that the train is going to keep rolling for Gary Strait. I just – who knew that Syracuse fighting Orange, whatever their title is, Orangemen, Orangemen, would be yeah, the best in the Atlantic. Time. Would be the best in the Atlantic. I knew that. We all knew, we all picked them to be the best in the Atlantic. Okay, right. Let's talk about it. No, no, well, you better pick it because you're you're a big Dino person, and then Dino kind of showing like you listen beating up on Louisville, which quite frankly, like I think Ken's put Ken put his best. The the first week is also the easy week to overreact. That's what the O and opening weekend stands for is overreactions. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is going to be an interesting game because I'm not saying UConn's a bad is a, a bad team. I mean, I'm saying it's a good team. It's mainly that I think we do need to see how Garrett Schrader. We never seen him pass effectively at all in his career until last week. And if he's able to do it somewhat, not the same, but similarly to this week, that's when I actually will believe that they are for real. This is yeah. a game, personally, I'm not touching because UConn is, I think, a minus 23-point underdog. I don't <laughs> trust Syracuse enough to give them 23 points. Yeah, I might trust Sean Tucker by himself, but yeah. it's going to be Sean Tucker also with Garrett Schrader. But to me, look at the total per, uh, potentially. I think it's at 49 as, as we're speaking right now. But to me, this is a no play for me. But Syracuse is going to win this game probably by 14, 17 points. 14 to 17. Okay. I think that with this defense, they might, bl- I think they put up seven. UConn only gets seven points for the day. 
Oh, no, no, I mean they beat them by 14 or 17 points. No, I'm saying, though, oh. but I'm saying that I only think that UConn is going to put up seven points on the oh, day. Okay. Like, I, th- I think this defense is actually going to not That's have a fair. shutout necessarily, but certainly give them one touchdown, get caught slipping, and then really punch him in the mouth for the rest of the day. But, yes, you are right. I would love to see Garrett. I would love to see Sean continue his Heisman campaign because, you know, we talk about Heismans over here. I just want one ACC person to even be in the mix. Like, that's what I would love. You know, last year we had, which is my boy, uh, Kenneth Walker III, who should have been at Wake Forest, but it's fine. He was at Michigan State. He was on his Heisman tour. Like, I want Sean to have that for him just because of what Syracuse running backs mean and all the good things. So, that's Hey, Jordan Travis is right there. We're talking about You got Jordan Travis with the QB. You're right. You're right. You know, listen, look at your comments, man. Come on. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I forgot, y'all. I'm so, so sorry. Jordan Travis throws two good balls and I'm automatically his Heisman candidate. Anyway, number whatever game we're talking about here, Western Carolina and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech looking for a bounce back. You know what? They need a pick-me-up. They need an emotional pick-me-up. They have the defensive talent. Jeff Sims is actually a good quarterback. Please, for the love of everything that's holy, Jeff, call, just call a, a game. Don't call a good game. Just call a game. Don't be crazy. Don't overdo the clock, man. Just don't make it hard. Keep it simple. Apply the KISS method. That's all I'm asking. This might be the meanest thing I think I've ever said on the show. <laughs> Don't I, even. I think Georgia Tech honestly might be better if they left Jeff Collins at home, if we're being honest. He's such a nice guy. I really, I really hate. I see my girly side getting emotionally. No, like he's no. Like you're right. Like he gives a great interview. Yeah. When the first few years there, I'm like, you can see he loves what he's doing. But then yeah. just for some reason, you watch the Clemson Georgia Tech game. I was like, what are you doing, my man? This is like me calling plays on Madden. And then also you're seeing <laughs> his, his timeout management is ridiculous. And then also. You see certain players like loafing around. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, people we've now seen the the offensive linemen like just start jogging to do some blocks that Jeff Sims like is not being helped at all whatsoever. It's just it's just something. There's a disconnect between you know Jeff Collins being a, a head coach and Jeff Collins actually probably being a, a solid defensive coordinator. I think that's more where he kind of is suited for. I made the job, the position overall might be too big for him, but yeah. he just it's it's a waiting game at this point. I think you're gonna wait till December when his buyout drops and then you're gonna. Yeah. See, you know, what's nice on the other side. And listen, you know, uh, Deion Sanders right there is out there right now. Imagine Deion the ATL. That would be uh, be kicking, kicking with gas there. Listen, Georgia Tech is a very enticing job. Quietness is kept. Like, I think it's a great city, great location, and you can really get some good guys from, you know, parts of the South to really come there and commit and play. There have been some great, you know, here, Calvin Johnson, all the, you know, great ones that have come from the Georgia Tech program. And listen, I think at the end of the day, as much as I want to root for people, you got to – you need wins. We know what it comes down to. We know like, if you're a good person all day long, but if you don't have no W's in that column, hate it for you. Like it just, that's just how the way the cookie really does crumble. Yeah. And they're not asking for you to win national championship. They're not even asking for 10 games. They're asking for like seven, eight wins compete. in a conference that's been down. Compete in the coastal. That is terrible. The that's coastal. wide open. <laughs> I you can't go three, nine, three, nine, three, nine, three, nine. Like, bruh. That's, I mean, that he's consistent ain't. with that. He's consistent with, you know, being bad at coaching. So. 100%. Last game we're going to go over here, Boston College and Virginia Tech. If you listened to yesterday's show, you heard our guy AJ say that Clemson was the best team in the ACC, which wild. You heard him talk about his bad team of Boston College, but my man was just going in right and center. So please leave a comment for our Wednesday reads and rankings. Make sure you guys check the him out each and every day on Locked on Boston College. But Virginia Tech, looking for a pick-me-up. My Lord, if there was ever a team to get a pick-me-up from, it is Boston College. However, I don't, I don't really know how either of them shake right now. I know it's like, what, minus two and a half, but yep. I feel like I can go either way. 
Yeah, folks, to stick with the money lines on this game, don't look at like either the spreads because neither of these teams deserve the respect for that because they're both bad. Um, and I've been the one saying how good Jeff Halfley is as a head coach. Now I got to reassess that heading into this year. I've been saying how Phil Dracovic I thought was a top five quarterback. He performed well last year, but so far, like this year, like it just seems like a steep, off, steep little drop off, and he's fully, he apparently is fully healthy now. Yeah. And then for, you have Virginia Tech, where Grant Wells tried to play quarterback last week and just didn't work out very well for him. Maybe that's just him adjusting from the group of five level to the power five level. Yeah. Um, just overall, to me, this is a game that I wouldn't touch, but uh, I do have a pick from our friend, the Demon Deacon, aka the head tailgating, Cam Lemons DeBro. If you can follow him on Twitter, he did take Virginia Tech to win this game outright. May, and that might start a huge tailspin for BC fans that Boston College actually might be the worst team in the Atlantic starting this after the next Saturday. And that's crazy considering Louis. Well, is it are they worse than Louisville? God, that's a toilet bowl game when it happened. Jesus Christ, I'll be bad. <laughs> are they worse than Louisville? Huh? When you put, oh. you, sit there, when you sit and think about it, I'm like, I don't know. Both are kind of kind of looking kind of bad right now. It's looking kind of grim. But I would I would put Boston College over Louisville. Uh, I would put Louis. May I don't know because like because I, I, I love Malik. Yeah, I, I love Malik. I think Malik is like I think he's he's going to bounce back this week. But also I think the team around him isn't as strong as we wanted to believe, and that's kind of what we're propping him up and like look. We're looking at him with rose colored glasses and all the red flags like the flags. He deserves does. better. He deserves better. He deserves so much better, man. <laughs> but then you got Phil Jacobberg over there and Zay Flowers. They feel bad for them too. But then it's like just like defensive line is just dashed down with injuries, so it's not even their own fault. The yeah. defense is still kind of lackluster, which. Jeff Halfley is a defensive-minded head coach. Like, quite frankly, to me, I honestly would put Boston College at the bottom of the Atlantic, but Louisville, depending on the show out against UCF tonight, as you're listening yeah. to this, woo, if they lose by 10-plus, you might have to re- uh, re-examine that. <laughs> you might have to re-examine that. So many good bets, though. This is going to be, again, I think Pitt and Tennessee is probably going to be the best game. If there is an upset on the list, I don't know that there is one. I, I don't I don't know that anyone, because everyone seems kind of outright. I think Louisville does the damn Oh, yeah, I take that back. I think Louisville tries their hardest. Will they beat UCF? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, they're not going to beat UCF. My brother's <laughs> going to be at the game, too. He's going to be texting me. I'm like, let me know what's going on down there. But I think Duke is going to have the best chance for an upset this weekend because I do think Mike Alco kind of – you've kind of convinced me a little bit, too, how this Duke team actually is a lot better than a lot of people gave yeah. them credit for. Yeah. And then also UVA. I think Illinois is a team that basically – it's gross. I think that's the best way to put that team. It's, just, it's not gross. It's, it's really inconsistently, consistently just like mediocre. So with Illinois, yeah. I would take that too as well. And then I hate to say this too. Maybe if Drake may can keep the magic going. Okay. Drake, I'll stop right Drake I'll stop right do now. you want, do you want to get your mic cut off? Do you want to get your mic cut off? I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. <laughs> you went, you wouldn't see my seven folks. And I just take the ultimate line. You wouldn't see my 10. That's what I thought you said. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, listen, crazier things have happened. When I was watching that App State game, I was having freaking palpitations. I, again, I go back, y'all. I don't care as much. I've tried, you know, I tell myself you can't care and all the things. And I'm going to try this week. We're going to try again. We get to restart. So we're going to try to not care. We're not going to be emotionally invested, emotionally involved. We're just going to watch the game. I'm only going to cuss, cuss three times. That's a good way to put it. You should have you heard me on Sunday night with the FSU-LSU game. I was cussing up a storm. I said <laughs> that last quarter. Listen, I have to hear y'all talk mad smack about my team for the past two years I've known you. So at least it feels good now to be like, listen, we're showing up for y'all. I've, you've been asking for us for, you know, finally playing up to our potential. And we're finally we're, doing it. You're putting on for the city. You're putting on for the brand. You're putting on for the conference. And we appreciate that because we need it in a worse way. I need a job when the season is over. All this realignment talk got me a little nervous. So y'all know how it goes down. Jersey Drake, please remind these folks of where they can find you. Follow your work. 
You can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my co-host Dave Wise at FSU Knowles. The O is a zero. The S is a five because he's ancient as hell. And then you can follow the podcast at Knowles Anonymous. That's basically where we engage with our fan base and also where we get themes for episodes. Also messages for our mentor and like Monday. As always, we're fans first, people second, content creators third. And uh, UCF minus five and a half. Please just spot, beat up Scott Fairfield. Scott feels so bad he gets fired by the end of uh, November. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Guys, come back on Monday where we'll have GBU, Good, Bad, and Ugly with Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack, Regina Cooper, and Jersey Dre. 